Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wastar. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is writer, director, Charlie McDowell. So Charlie wrote and directed a movie called The One I Love, which is incredible. It's one of my favorites. And he also wrote and directed a movie called The Discovery, which is available on Netflix right now, starring Rooney Mara and Jason Siegel. Run, don't walk. He's also the author of a book called The Girls Above Me. And uh, he's probably directed some of your favorite television, Legion on FX, Silicon Valley, Dear White People. And uh, yeah, I met Charlie years ago. And now he's on the podcast. Lucky us. The guy is a dreamboat. If there is ever like a podcast episode where the entire goal is where the episode is like a complete advertisement for um, marriage material, husband material, if you will, then that's what this episode of the Love Alexi podcast is. Because Charlie McDowell is, he's just so grounded, uh, thoughtful, well-mannered, loving, kind, just all the things. And uh, you're welcome. You're going to fall in love. Be prepared to fall in love. We talk about a million different things. We talk about love. We also talk about surfing because yes, of course, Charlie McDowell surfs. Uh, Why wouldn't he? Just add that to the list of many things that will make you fall in love with him. Oh my God. Okay. I have to stop making this joke. It's making me laugh. He is lovely. And I do believe what I'm saying, but I'm I'm going a little overboard. Okay. Anyway, uh, we talk about dating apps, family, movie making, and movie making on a shoestring budget, which is like something I'm completely fascinated uh, by right now in my life. Uh, We talk about wisdom teeth removal, alcohol, The Bachelor, and just like a million different things. And here's a thing that Charlie forgot to mention while he was on the show, maybe because he's so humble, maybe because he forgot, but turns out Charlie even helped uh, firemen. Maybe he was, I think he was like a, an honorary fireman helping put out the Ventura County wildfire. You guys, Dreamboat City, USA. You'll hear what I'm talking about in a moment when I throw us over to the podcast. Um, here's the thing if you want to find Charlie on social media, uh, I mean, I would find him on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie McDowell. And, uh, Aside from that, um, listen, it's a nearly two-hour episode. Um, If you're interested in filmmaking or life in general and just uh, eavesdropping on two neat people having a conversation, you're going to love this episode. Here's where I say all the things I say every single week. If you like this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. It really does help me grow the show for you to do that. So that, I'm, I'm, it's a meaningful thing I'm asking uh, of you right now. And I actually read the comments. 
I, I, I read them the other day and I was like, oh my God, people leave comments. This is heartwarming. Um, if you want to be friends with me on social media, I would absolutely love that because I do love DMing with strangers on Instagram and I'm obsessed with Insta stories, even though this week I haven't been Insta storying as much because I feel like there's something going on with the moon and it's affecting me and uh, I completely feel uh, emotional, intense. There's just a lot of feelings going on and I didn't want to believe it that that it was the moon, but I was feeling a certain way. And then all of a sudden people kept telling me, oh, did you know it's a, it's a, it's a full moon. It's a blood moon. It's, it's an eclipse, new moon, blood moon, full moon all at once. And I was like, really? Are you serious? Is that why I'm feeling this way? Like an emotional basket case who is not into storying. I, you know, that something is wrong in my life or something is off. If I'm not constantly updating on my Insta story. It's something I actually love doing a ton. It's my fun, fantastic hobby that brings me so much joy, but there are two reasons. If if I'm not Insta storying, here are the two reasons why. I'm either doing something so incredibly interesting and exciting that I want to be fully immersed in and be completely in the moment with, or I've hit rock bottom and uh, there's no in between. I'm sad to say. Sorry, sorry to say. So yeah, in lieu of Insta-storying uh, during this full moon, blood moon mood, I've actually been doing like a lot of uh, self-examination and doing all of the workshops on previous Level XC podcast guest Lacey Phillips' website called freeandnative.com. So that's been very interesting. All of her workshops entail uh, looking at your subconscious and seeing why you make the decisions you make and Uh, all the core beliefs you have about yourself that you may or may not be aware of. And uh, and I've been watching tons of movies. I saw The Phantom Thread at the Arclight the other day. The Arclight is uh, my favorite theater in Los Angeles. Uh, I loved it. I had no idea what it was going to be about. I, I know I love Paul Thomas Anderson and I love all of his movies, but I went in blind, had no idea. It's just, I'm not going to tell you too much, but it's this, you know, this romance the story about about a relationship. And uh, I mean, it's codependent if you ask me. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I loved it. I watched the Joan Didion documentary on Netflix, and I was happily surprised to see a lot of my father's photos used in the documentary. Um, My dad's a photographer, and he's a photojournalist, and has taken tons of photos. His name is Julian Wasser. And uh, whenever I see my my dad's, I, I I will say this, whenever I see his iconic photos, I, I, it warms my heart. I get very excited. And uh, yeah, Griffin Dunn made this documentary about Joan Didion. And uh, it was really moving. I, I wept. Oh my goodness. I loved it. Um, oh, and I want to thank all the girls who came out to Girls Night In last Saturday. In case you have no idea what I'm talking about, I throw a girls only party uh, every last Saturday of the month. It's about 15 to 20 girls. Uh, all different ages, ethnicities, shapes, sizes, what have you. We all get together and go around in a circle. It's such an easy concept. It's complicated to explain. Go around in a circle, drink rosé, have cookies, and everybody kind of like shares what they're noticing, dealing with, spiraling over, or feeling uh, in that given moment. Uh, And uh, it was just a really beautiful, cathartic night. So if anybody, if you're a girl in Los Angeles and you think you or one of your friends would be interested in attending one of these nights... DM me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser 
And uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to do it is uh, going to patreon.com forward slash Alexi. And any donation is appreciated because uh, it just helps me grow this show so I can keep doing it, which is like all I want to do because I'm obsessed with the Love Alexi podcast. I'm Alexi. Who else would be as obsessed, uh, more obsessed than me about this podcast? Anyway, uh, all that being said, I'm going to be quiet now so I can throw us over to my lovely conversation with writer, director, and friend, Charlie McDowell. Now entering Nerdist.com. You judge that? I'm wearing a crop top for this podcast. I'm so sorry. How are you? How's it going? This is cool. <laughs> nice to see you. This is Aristotle. Hey, how are you? This is Charlie. How's it going? Nice to meet you. You are there. Nice. Oh my God. This is a cool setup. Yeah, this is kind of cute. It's like a comic book store, yeah. a never-ending story. Yeah, there's always stuff going on. Cozy vibe. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, um, look at this. Look at this. I know I brought these because I'm like obsessed with these things. I haven't had this. Open it, but I'm worried that I sh- I didn't mean to shake it. I don't think I did, but if I did. By the way, since we're recording and the listeners want to know what the fuck we're talking about, oh, I'm talking okay, about yeah. this cool triple draft latte that I'm. I got the a Trader Joe's. Does it have milk? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you're vegan. I'm not. Ve- I used to be. I try not. to. Yeah. Put these bad boys okay, on. Let's do. Oh, how fun! I'm so glad we're doing we're, this. We're, what is this one? Yeah. There yeah. we go. Do I get it wrong every time too? I don't know. I don't care. Who knows? Who knows? We're all just gonna die. Oh all God. Right. Let's talk Jeez. about it. Here we go. Oh God. <laughs> Well, good. Let me just take this back then. If you're yeah, you can, have, you can have two me. of those. I've already had one. I'm just like, I, I took a beta blocker to calm myself down. Oh, I haven't. I've never taken that. I've heard that that's the that's, that's the, the thing ticket. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Who said? Uh, I've heard directors that are like terrified to go on stage and like introduce their movies will take one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I have a director friend who will remain nameless. Yeah. Who gets so shy to direct, he yeah. wishes he could direct via text. Oh, like actually direct? Like be like... Like just doesn't like want to text. be around humans. <laughs> he just doesn't want to have to walk up to like the fancy person and be like, yeah, that was great, but could you could you try it's it? It's so hard to like figure out the language of what to do. Well, we're going to get into all of that. Yeah, I can't I believe know. we're doing that. We, we have to like set the stage, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. How did we even meet? I don't know. Charlie I was McDowell? trying to figure this out. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. I don't remember how we, how we actually met for the first time though. Okay, I, well, I try try harder, and I think one of the uh, buttons. Do of you my know? Jeans. No, but I'm adjusting. I'm not like taking my. Oh, How okay. dare you! Get out of here! Okay. Jeez, all I just, right. But I just didn't want to yeah, say. Where am I supposed to look? Uh, I don't anywhere. Know. Aristotle. I'm Aristotle. Looking at you. Yeah, all right. This it's is a great, great name too. It is a good name. I'm sure everyone says that, but um, you know, you can never hear that too many times. That's true. But uh, can let me put my chapstick. Okay. My mystery strips. Hands. This is for all of us. Oh, I like that. All of us. I'm gonna put the keys down. You guys, we're settling. Yeah, get real <laughs> comfortable here. Okay. Oh here my goodness! So yeah. many. Okay. By the way. Oh I'm, wow! I'm, you have okay, notes. So these are my notes. I That's was doing cool. research, but then check out this. Check out these are the original notes when I was watching the Discovery. Oh wow! And I was like doing. So this is like the uh, wait. What's the movie Memento? Don't look at the notes. Okay, I, I can't even get a sense. I can't even okay. see. These are like these are like the Memento like crazy. Yeah, you you do cool notes. I like that you have a little circle. You circle sections circle and sections. You're kind and of like writing <laughs> along the side, and then it turns direct. It's cool. No, um, it's like a little art piece. It's an art piece to you because this whole yeah. podcast is that is dedicated to you. It's a love letter. I don't know to you. I, I might. I was like so. I was doing some research on your podcast no. and I was listening oh. and like 
I uh-huh. might. I was thinking like I might be too boring. No, I feel like okay because I was. Wait, you why like, do you say that? Well, because you know you have like a lot of like I was listening to a comedian that was on and like he's very funny and he was always kind of having things to say and he's talking about like different dimensions and all these things <laughs> and it's like I'm like my life is like me and my dog like it's like a little boring. I like, <laughs> like you guys can't see him wiggling. You're like actively wiggling uh, in your chair. It was so oh well, cute. that's just something I do. <laughs> Well, that's I'm, exciting I'm already. always moving. That's I'm so always original. Moving. Always yeah. moving, even when seated. Always yeah, 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 moving. Yeah, yeah. I have to. Seated? If I'm on the phone with someone, I'm pacing oh. back and forth. All men do that. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. You know, that's, an actual, pace. that's an actual thing that a lot of men do. Really? Yeah. I'll always ask a man, are you pacing right now when they're on the phone? Yeah, yeah. They are. All the time. But um, it's good because then you, it, your phone tracks your steps. So it's uh, like... <laughs> If I don't go, for, if I'm not like working out, or, which by the way, I don't do, but if you're, I, you're perfect, but then like, very I'll get like, I don't know, 10 to 15,000 steps a day just from being in my apartment. So let's he count steps. Yeah. He paces. He, 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 uh, he believes in phone calls. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Talking, I'm talking about you as if you're not even here. Yeah, um, I, I do so it all. You're totally cool and original. <laughs> okay, great. Move while seated and podcasting. Yeah, so that's yeah, like, totally. oh my God, multitasker. Yeah. You know, everybody's individual in their own right. I'm not kidding. Okay. okay. We do have to figure out how we know each other because we have to start there because if, if not there, then where? So, okay. and um, also, and thank you for having, he's got his chop, chapstick out. You've yeah. got your bumble. What is it? What is it? It's Burt's Bees. Burt's Bees. Burt's yeah. Bees. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. God, we are, we are so white. <laughs> I wear so white. Yeah. <laughs> I'll embrace it though. You know? Yeah, we're both lubing up real quick there because we, go. we got a lot to say. I think. Um, oh yeah. Mm, hold on. This is um, how we met. Okay, let, let me think. So it was, it was a long time ago because like, almost, like eight years ago. No. Yeah, seven. because weren't you were in? Were you in the girls' pilot? I was in the girls' pilot. So it was before the girls' pilot aired. Oh. Because I remember like. One of the first times I met you, you're like, oh, yeah, this show, it's on HBO. And I remember I had no idea what it was. Yeah, neither did I. And then obviously years later, you're like, wow, what a successful show that was. Mm-hmm. But so it was that long ago. And okay. And you had, you had a, oh God, I'm all over the place. I want to jump into this really quick though, really quick. <laughs> when you said you're so boring, just I'm putting a pin in that uh, moment <laughs> when we met. But when you said I'm so boring, I'm just, you know, with my dog, whatever. Yeah. Everybody has their Insta stories brand. I can tell. I know what I'm going to okay. get. There's, yeah. I don't know if you follow Erin Foster, if you know Erin Foster. I don't. Well, she's gorgeous, comes from a great family, uh-huh. uh, has a beautiful sister, always doing cool stuff. She's super self-deprecating. Right. And she, she's just always making fun of her glamorous lifestyle, hanging out with the Kardashians, just all through this Through Instagram. Through Insta stories. Right. So you know what you're going to get. She's going to be living a wonderful life, but she's making these like self-deprecating jokes that balances everything out. Right. And it's hilarious. And then, I don't know, my Instagram thing is I'm just oversharing, super earnest. Great. Talking about the deepest... Yeah, uh, yeah we in- all have our own little things. You... What's mine? You are at the beach. You love the beach. You have well, a dog. I live there. You live there. Where do you live? Adri- not, not your address, but like. Well, so uh, well, a year and a half ago, uh, I, so I grew up in Ojai, which is this tiny little hippie town. Yeah. And then I used to go between Ventura and Santa Barbara is this stretch of coastline that I was always obsessed with. Oh. And a year and a half ago, this tiny little house came up for sale. And I decided that I was going to move up there. So you live far away? Well, so I live there for like Friday to Monday. Yeah. And then I have a little apartment slash office up Beachwood and I live there during the week. 
I can't believe that's this. my life. Yeah. You are such a lovely, grounded person. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to leave LA. Like I just didn't want it to like consume me and everything. So Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I don't it, know. Is it karma? Have you seen that um that movie called Play Misty for Me? No. Oh, it's with I think I don't know if it's with Robert Redford or it's with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood and he's like a radio, you know, yeah, yeah, jockey. Yeah. And he has a he has like a psycho fan. Oh, but he he broadcasts from Carmel, so it's like radio okay. CRML. I think, like, and he's from there, or he, his family. I think I don't so, know. but I remember I, I've been to Carmel, and I love that movie, and I just love like yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I don't know stretches of beach, quiet. Yeah, it, it's literally it, it's where I live is just coast and mountains. Yeah, and there's no houses on the mountains. It's like all I see are mountains and coastline. Oh my god, I need to get so much deeper into that and the meaning oh, of all that and stuff. But but so your Insta stories brand, yeah. when I look at it, your brand are disgusting. <laughs> Content, platform, brand, uh, safe space, whatever the buzzwords are. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. You have, you love your dog. You have your dog. Yeah. I love my dog. You have the you have beach, family, babies. Yeah. Um, you're like a great, you're a good uncle, brother. You love the beach. You love your dog. You're still, and then every so, every so often you'll do a cute little thing that shows that you're brave and funny and like, or like you'll do like a cute thing where you're like doing the dishes and then like, but you're like, I don't know where the camera is. If it's on a tripod oh, or whatever. Just like dan- yeah. I just and, put it on the floor. And yeah. like, I go, Oh, he's a, uh, he's goofy and he's silly. He's just yeah. a, and so it's like, but usually dog, beach, baby's family, yeah. a moment of silliness. And then back to one. And then, so that's, so everybody has yeah. their, like their vibe and, and Insta stories really does translate like who the person, I feel like if somebody didn't embrace my Insta stories or know what they were, right. they wouldn't really get me, which is probably, yeah, too, it's uh, interesting. Is that dumb? No, it's true though. It is true. And then, and then also sometimes I feel like we're just sort of like, are we just creating our sort of avatars and like, this is who we're presenting ourselves to be? Because mm. that's like one, that's one part of my life. And then sometimes I feel like, like I hang out with friends and I'm like, should I Insta stories this? Because like, I, I never show that I like have, have friends, friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I find myself being like, I don't need to think like that. Like, who is this for? You know, this is the future of thinking though. I do I the know. same, but when you think, but I think it's important to check in and be like, why am I posting this? Where is this coming from? Is this a, a place of desperation? Is do I have to prove something? Is this just like, I want to share this moment or I'm, I actually I think feel it's like- more just for me, it's a bit of. It's, it's, it's either there's comedy in the moment. Yeah, that's important. So it's funny and I want to share it or. I'm I'm just bored. Yeah, for me it's boredom and also I think this will make people laugh or yeah. if I share this it'll make other people feel less alone because I know it's universal. Well, that's nice. So but that's you're really favorite. good at that. You you're you you've you've figured out how to how to kind of connect with people in that way, which I think is really nice. Well, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um but yeah, how okay, so you had a blog. Going back to trying to oh, piece God. together how we met. Yeah. We will and then we'll move on to like Oh now. yeah, yeah. But you had this time? you yeah. had this thing called The Girls Upstairs, right? Dear Dear Girls Above Me. What yeah. what was that? That was like eight <laughs> seven or eight years ago. What the hell was this? Because we both sold shows based on our like blog. Yeah. You had was it a Twitter? Was it a blog? It, it started on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, it, it was you know, it's one of these it was it was right around the time of shit my dad says. So it was like sort of popular to yeah. like create something from your own life. And it was this random thing that I never thought in a million years would catch on. But it was just, I was going through a, a breakup and was like, you know, just in the sort of lowest moment I thought in my life. Oh no. Um, which is <laughs> like, which is like, no, but it's like, <laughs> it's like early twenties, like love when you think like everything is doomed and really yeah. it's just like, it's just a breakup. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, I was sitting in my apartment and I just like didn't 
want to like go out into the world and talk to anyone or see anyone. And then these two girls moved in above me. Yikes. And they were so loud (laughs) and I could hear every single conversation. And it was a version of, you know, the sort of Kardashian type um, girls moving in above me. And so I was listening to their conversations and I'm like, I was trying not to like think about like women in general. And then I was like forced to listen to like these two girls candidly talk about all of their life's problems, which seems so ridiculous as the guy sitting, you know, downstairs below them. Um, and so I just, as a way to vent, because really what I should have done is knocked on the door and been like, Hey, so I can hear everything you say. Um, it's really annoying. Can you guys just keep it down or close like the window. close the window, whatever yeah. you're doing, it's really loud. And, uh, but instead, um, <laughs> I started to just vent on Twitter. And at the time I had like, you know, 14 followers or something. Yeah. And I just, I started writing dear girls above me and I would quote something that they said and then I would respond to it as the sort of male you know the 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 average male voice I yeah. guess um and then it and then it just did the weird twitter thing which is like at, at a certain point I think time magazine did a piece on it what how did this happen I don't know I I just I'm woke curious. up to like text messages being like you're on the you're on the uh the main page of of time.com or something I, I wonder like, if what? now if this would be like been like um, this misogynist man oh, yeah, a woman totally. how to speak. 100%. <laughs> it, have you thought about that? Like I, reframing I, it now? And I like, have. Yeah. I don't think it would. Although here, here so is the lovely. one thing. You here, are so here, lovely. So here's the one thing. I never, um, it was less about making fun of them or uh, being negative about commentary on what they did as females. And yeah. it was more... Um, and, and and the the sort of people that started to catch on and really responded to it, uh, the, the types of people were mostly like young sort of outcast girls yeah. that were like the anti Kardashian, you know, and and sort of probably got picked on at school and. Um, and they liked that there was a male voice that was saying like, let's not praise sort of stupidity and, and being like cool and, you know, the definition of cool and let's sort of like look at that for what it is. And there's a whole other kind of side to everything. Just, you know, don't you worry. It is not, if anybody even looks at this, (laughs) there is no way there don't, I, I know we're on a podcast and it's like, Oh my God, let me just make this clear. Let me make sure all the information lands clearly. But you never, you're so lovely. And so, no, no, but it is true. I thought about it the other day. You're like, not anything bad. You are not a misogynist. It was never skewed in a way. Yeah. That was yeah, yeah. But no. it, it's a different time. It is a different, it time. is a different time. I'm just saying like how thing it's just, it's everything so hypersensitive. Cause yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. feel like the time we're in right now is, and I talked about this with my therapist the other day, but about how, <clears throat> pardon me, definitely going to cut that out. No, no, I'll probably leave it in. I'm <laughs> just, so brave. Just that one little <laughs> just, second. <clears throat> no, wow. I, want people, I want people to feel human and know that I'm human. <laughs> but, uh, I was talking to my therapist about how, like, I, and I'm going to talk about my opinion for a moment. I'm not even inviting yeah, you to, yeah, to chime in on, on this. I'll, bit. I'll no, listen. No, but no, no, that's, no. That's what, no, no, that's no. what we're supposed to no, do. No, no, no. Not even that. I see you're so ready to be wonderful because <laughs> you are. But, like, um, I had an issue with the story that came out with Aziz Ansari. I was like, this right. is not part of the Me Too movement. Uh, and the reason I said, like, you don't have to chime in at all is because I don't want you to even get lumped into me uh, saying no, my opinion no, no. on it. Because I feel like right now... Okay, so I, this is what I said to my therapist. I had said something on my podcast about how I was like, how I just didn't think the Aziz Ansari story. I thought right. it was uh, 
I just had a, had a lot of feelings about it. And yet I'm, I'm pro woman. I want women to right. communicate and I don't want them to be put in horrible situations. And I'm anyway, and I feel like you can't, we aren't, we're maybe getting there and maybe Aziz Ansari is the face of this, but we are not allowed to talk about nuances right now. Yeah. What's happening now is everything is blowing up. Everybody is like, yeah, me too. And this happened, blah, blah. And I didn't feel comfortable here and there. And then when it, then we have to wait for it to settle before people can be like, oh, but what was that person's intention or what really happened here? Or no, this is a dynamic that was hor- like, or, right. but it's like almost like it's we, it's black and white. We right can't, now. yeah. There's and, no gray. And you have to let it be that even, but I'm like so excited about uh, when, when people can talk about gray areas and also redefining yeah. the culture. Yes. If people, and cause everybody was like, oh, that's like a indicative of even if he didn't, whatever yakety schmackety you do, if they didn't have sex, if, if it wasn't overt sexual assault, it's indicative of like what men are taught in rape culture and blah, blah. But it's like, okay, cool. Then we have to have a conversation both sexes do about what's been yeah. instilled in them, why girl can, girls can be people pleasers and not speak up for themselves when they totally are allowed to. But that's to. why the Aziz thing I think was really important because, um, and regardless of which category you sort of fall in about it, it's it's creating discussion. Yeah, thank and God. It, and it's creating even that incident or reading that, which has been sort of the more controversial in terms of what does it fall into. Yeah has created uh, certainly both men and women to think of, you know, what is, uh, at least for me, when I read that, I was like, okay, in in my worst sort of date, in my worst case scenario, like, how would I do things differently? And and it made me think and go to that place, which I think is really important. Yeah. So it, it, it's, yeah, I, I think everything that's happening, even if some stuff feels like, okay, well, that's not quite as fair to compare this person or put him in the same category as Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. It's at least, um, you know, creating discussion and, and sort of talk to move forward in the right direction. Then it's also so weird because like, men are completely talking. I've said this to men because, you know, in a different uh, version of me from years ago, because I'm, you know, hopefully we all constantly change and try to get yeah. better and better and whatever. But like, I mean, my thing on my blog, so often I would say there are a lot of good things in there, but I, you know, I would tell men, you could instigate and don't be a little, you know, don't yeah, yeah. instigate, instigate. Don't ask me if you can kiss me. Just kiss me. I want to be thrown up against the wall and kissed. Right. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm part of the problem. Right. Like, but, and so it's such a bizarre thing because like, yeah, men are taught to instigate and then women are like, sometimes I want it. Sometimes I don't, but I'm too afraid to say anything. Sometimes I wish they would just leave me alone or I wish they would. I don't know. We yeah. should it's, anyway. the, it's the gray area. I don't want to talk about this. No, but, it but is. I'm terrified. It is. It's the great, you know, it, it isn't, there isn't a right or wrong answer. I think it's like the more that this happens and the more kind of discussion that we have, the better because we've been bottling it up for so long. Yeah. God, we're both aging so great, by the way. I was just looking, we look exactly <laughs> the same, I think. Um, so you had this Twitter and it gets, yeah. it's in Time Magazine. Yeah. So that, so then it became, so then it like, it got followers, like people started to follow it because it only, you know, there was like a few hundred people at this point looking at it and then it went to like 5,000 yeah. and then, you know, um, and it was, I don't know, it, it became this thing that I never really want, wanted to do or like thought about yeah. to like, then it sort of became like my job for a little bit well then how did it how did it become a show and before that what were you doing before you started this like random twitter yeah so i i mean you know i went to film school you went to afi 
Yeah, I went to Chapman University, then went to AFI for directing and wanted to write and direct. And um, so I was I was doing that. I was just writing scripts. I was selling scripts, you know, random, like big, dumb movies. That, oh, really? Yeah. Tell me about something we well, that, know. Well, I think that that was, Explore no, nothing that. nothing that got made. Oh. I mean, that was the whole point is it Story was like, you're sort of like, you're just writing these things or you're going and pitching to a company that like, you know, they make family comedies. So you're like, okay, I'm going to come up with like five family comedy ideas. And like, I just hated it. It wasn't, it's not what I wanted to ever do. And it was like, it was sort of a job because I got paid for it. And, and people thought it was cool. Like, Oh, you sold something to Warner brothers, you know, why were you doing it? If you didn't like it, why did you feel? Um, I, I was working with a writing partner at the time who, you know, we just, we signed with the, these managers and they're like, just get out there and pitch. Is that Jason later? No, no, Justin. Um, no, no, that's later. Uh, okay. We'll get get there. Okay. So it's a different guy. There's a different guy. And, and so the managers were like, just go, just go pitch, just pitch as much as you can. And so we're like, okay, I'm 22. Wow. Um, and so then we pitch like a couple of times and we sell, you know, the third pitch or something like that. And, and it was cool. It was like, okay, we're getting paid to write. Like I don't have to, you know, become a waiter or whatever. Like I can actually get paid and, and, um, have you had a day job like that before? No, I had like summer jobs and things and I, and I worked for a production company. Which one? It was this horrible one that like no, don't the, call, don't, don't, no, don't it, name it, now. it lasted like a year. Okay. Um, and then and I was actually I was a PA on Curb Enthusiasm for three seasons. You were? Yeah. Oh my god, bury the lead, why don't you? It, That's it, incredible. It was cool. Yeah. I love Larry. I Newman. was it was season two, three, four. So I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty in there. So do you know uh Sophia Charles and Pearl yeah. Charles, yeah, Sophie yeah. Charles, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Larry. He's Larry Charles is on um is on uh wait yeah Larry Charles. I love Larry David. Also love Larry Charles. Yeah. Larry Charles is on Instagram now. It's so funny. Oh, he is. He's oh, becoming. I find him. Oh my god. He he was sort of my he was he was sort of my first mentor. Oh really? Larry Charles and Jeff Garland were like, as a PA, they would stop and be like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Oh, what were they doing different? Like what? No, just uh, no. As as directors and and as you know, Jeff Garland as as one of the leads of the show, he was yeah. like, okay, here's why we're setting it up like this, or here's what we're doing. Because I hadn't gone to film school yet. It was like oh. my first sort of like look into that. How did you get that job? Got him all over the place, but this is great. Um, well, we had no. My family has known Larry David forever, um, and so and my parents were both on season one. Oh, my mom and stepdad. Oh. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And so, um, I, I just sort of like, I think I just asked Larry, like oh if they needed God. a PA because I just wanted to learn, you That's know? That's so great. Yeah. And, um, and he was like, yeah, sure. But it was season two. So it became a real show, but season two, there was like one trailer, like people would get dressed in their car. I was Cheryl's stand in. Like it was That's funny. It was so fun. It was like film school. Yeah. It was like me. There was this guy. Um, Slobo was the other. Slobo? Was the other PA. And How old is he? He's a bit older than me. And yeah. he was Larry's stand-in, and I was Cheryl's stand-in because they didn't have stand-ins. That's funny. So we'd have our little PA mics on, and we'd be like <laughs> laying in bed looking at each other, and they'd be lighting us. I mean, it was really fun. That's amazing. What was the budget for that show, season one and two? I don't know, but it was it was so small. It, and then it just became bigger and bigger as the audience picked up. How was Larry David to you? Is he nice? Yeah, he's the he's best. A, he was? He is? Yeah, he he's 
uh, he's you know he's a version of that of that character yeah um but he's also like i mean he would do incredible things like if the if the crew was really tired because they were overworked, he would like call a day and say, everyone go home and he, out of pocket, he would like pick up a day later on. Oh my God. He was, he's just a, he's a really, um, you know, in a Larry David way, he's a really sweet person. That's nice. That's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes you don't want, you don't want to meet people you respect and. Yeah, this, no, it, it was, he seems cool. Yeah. And it was, it was cool. It's where I kind of learned everything. And it was, it was tough. Like I was like, you know, we'd work really long hours and I'd be the first to get there, the last to leave. And, you know, I was young. I was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Well, God, let me circle back to the circle back. Um, when did you... <laughs> I, okay, I don't so know how so we you, got there. Well, but. you sell... Okay, so you sell the so, show how? Uh, to, uh, to, uh, the Girls Above Me. Oh, Dear Girls Above Me. Because I have, I have these girls who still live or like variations. They keep moving into the same apartment yeah. building across from me. Right. And I I actually related on a to, to your... Twitter feed or what, right. what you're doing because I had these in the next building over, but I live in a part of town where all the buildings are so close and everyone right. can hear everything. And I can't stand it. And I never knocked on the door either. There was no part of me that was I like, maybe know. I should communicate. Why don't we just do it? Because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified. And part of me likes to suffer, I guess. Part of yeah, me at I that think point, that is it. I don't yeah. want to do that anymore. I'm not, I'm not into suffering anymore. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I had, a, I would go so far as like, I don't know if I ever told you this, but like, yeah, I had like a bullhorn somebody bought me. Some fan of my blog, I said, I want a bullhorn. I'm, I'm furious <laughs> that these people across the way. Somebody sent me a bullhorn. Oh, that's cool. So one night I turned all the lights out. And these girls were like in that weird, that, I mean, everybody's sacred and great. Okay. Right. Yeah. God bless yeah, them. Of course. <laughs> but, but with that like LA, and I was born and raised in LA. Yeah. No, but I know what you're talking I mean, that was the girls above me. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know about this affected, this, this bizarro affectation of, I don't know what this voice is, but. So I would turn on all the lights, get on the ground, get the bullhorn, yeah. program into my iPhone. This is pretty savvy, actually. Pro- program into my iPhone, Siri saying, or tra- Google Translate saying, please be quiet. I can't take it anymore. Or Because um, you didn't want them to recognize your voice? I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I would play it through the bullhorn microphone, and then it would be like a robotic voice being like, please close your window. Keep it down. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> they must have thought that was so weird. <laughs> I thought... That I would probably if I was talking and someone did that to me, I'd be like, I'm moving. I'm out. I Whoever that neighbor is, like that she's just become the weirdest one in here. <laughs> like that would be terrifying to hear a robot. That's like Black Mirror style right there. We'll get to that. That's kind of like what uh, the one I love is like a Black Mirror style thing. So you should be totally into this. That, that yeah, should, but that not in real our, life. I like to like friendship. think about it, but I, I don't want to practice it in my real life. I thought that was quite savvy. And, uh, you know, and then, and then above them, there's a guy who had horrible sleep apnea who has yet to die. And I don't wish out upon him, but I'm just saying, I, th- I thought like, surely, I mean, this will end at some point, you know, everything must end. Oh, no. So what happens? He with still him? has sleep apnea. Oh, and, God. And you know David Lowry, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him and his wife, Augustine, stayed at my apartment one time when I was out of town. And they texted me. They're like, oh, my God. Why did you not tell us about the man in the building over with sleep apnea? It, it was terrifying. And I was like, oh, God, I thought it was just me. But really, it was, uh, you know, so. Apartment life. Apartment. It's, real, it's, it, it's really fun, actually. I, yeah. I'm, you know, the, yeah, there's a lot of stories that came out of it. And but, the yeah, the girls above me thing, it was 
Yeah, it, it and then it and then I wrote a book, which was fun because oh, then you did. Yeah, what? the book the book ended up being so the show, which is a long boring story, but we sold we sold the sort of sitcom version that was like never good and and oh, they didn't God. pick it up. Like, it just wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't like we just did the wrong version and we teamed with the wrong people and all that. Um, I hope they're listening right now. I highly, I highly doubt they it. Are, They've they? moved far away from me. They have. Um, okay. But, uh, but they, but yeah. And then, and then I decided um, I was approached to do like a coffee table book. What? And By put, who? Uh, well, like agents were like, let's take a coffee table book out or something. And then I said, um, I said, I, I don't. That's sort of a boring version to me because you can just go on the Twitter and read the tweets. Oh yeah. But I thought, like, is there? a way to sort of tell interesting, funny stories from my life and, and, you know, do a version of, um, nonfiction slash fiction where I'm sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm creating a character, but it's based on me. Um, and I'm telling a lot of stories from my life and then use the girls above me as this sort of way into writing a book. And that was, that was an idea. And then I, and then I pitched it and, um, and then I wrote it. Who'd you pitch it to? Where can we find it? It's, uh, well, you can, it's on Amazon and all that. All right. And, um, the World Wide Web people. Yeah. Yeah. Crown Publishing did it. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah. It was like, it, it was more of a, like, can I do this? Um, That's what the project was to you? Like, how can I... Can I write a book? How can I reinvent what I've already done in a way that interests me? Yeah. Yeah. Or just can I, like, write something with a lot of words? You know, God, that's inspiring because I had this thing, not to make it about me, it's totally about you. No, no, it is. It's uh, it's about both of us. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, like, I would have this thing that I would write called The Blind Leading the Blind, which are these, like, top ten lists of, like, whatever, things I was noticing, Mm -hmm. severe, like, just, like, observations or something. And people have been like, oh, put it out in a book. And I thought, well, that's weird because it's already on the blog. Do I take, right, the, right. Do I take the blog down or I don't know. Does anybody even care about this, but I kind of want to do it because I'm proud of them. So that's inspiring to me. The way to but like, you, reinvent. You should totally write a book. I feel like you have, you have so many sort of things structured in order for you to write a book just I from do? stuff that you've done. Yeah. And like the things that you talk about and think about and like what, tell me what, to, maybe you see it more clearly. Well, just, people, uh, I don't know. Real, I mean, no, I think if it, if it's just taking like your life and the things that you think and talk about, I mean, you're really honest about, um, you know, relationships and different ideas and like, I don't know. I think it would, I, I think people like to read that in long form. Maybe I'll do a book of essays or something. Yeah. Is that interesting? Essays? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I love doing it. It was cool. I did like a little, a little book tour and you like, did? Right, yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. What, what's fun. The, and how long did it take you to write it? And what was this? Oh what, God. And I, I don't know if I even remember. I, I really structured it like a nine to five. Oh. Like I had to do it that way. And so I would write no matter what. Wait, so tell, I love this. I'm so interested in this. Cause like, by the way, I veered so far from like, people are like, Oh yeah, that boy crazy blog. You talk about love and feelings. It's like, I really don't. I'm more fascinated with like uh, a million other things right. at this point, just to catch you up to yeah, where yeah. I'm feeling. But like, yeah. What time do you wake up in the morning? Cause I love, I love to find out how people build structure into their life when they're freelance. Cause it's yeah. so hard. I have to do structure. Tell me what that was like. Well, I'm early. I, I wake up early. Yeah. What, what time? I'm going to learn from you i'm like 5 36 i'm really oh early. god yeah i'm Charlie. early but, but i don't like jump out of bed so like 6 a.m i lay in bed and like i stay there i look at emails i respond to things i'm very like awake and ready to go yeah but i don't like jump up and like go do things okay um i make coffee 
But I no milk, like, you're vegan. Well, I, I have like almond milk and I do, but I do the whole thing. Like I, I steam the milk. I make like cappuccinos. You do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, so what, what is the structure like for, I guess, any project in your life now? But well, for the book, you would so wake the, up. So the book I'd wake up and then Jesus. I just said like, okay, I'm going to look at my computer and like do random things for 30 minutes. So I'd look at videos and, you know, dumb stuff. Yeah, it's addictive. And then, and then like 9 a.m. I'm writing. And then I'm just working and I take a lunch break and, and I leave. I have to I have to drive somewhere. Yeah. Have lunch, come back, and then it was like nine to five. That is so smart. And how I mean that's like what normal people do. They have that yeah. job. So it's like for me, I'm like, I can do this for like a few months. That's so smart. How many months <laughs> you know? did it take to put it together? Uh I don't even remember, but I think it was it was probably um five months, six months, yeah. Four or five, I don't know, something in there. Did you ever shadow anybody else, like any other uh, TV shows or movies, like directors? Yeah, Tell a me, lot. How, oh my God, I'm trying to do that with David Lowry. I like, said to him, I was like, please, because he's doing this show. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't go to college. Yeah. I am a quick learner. Yeah. I've had I, people shadow me too, which really? is cool. Yeah. I, I'm worried that he might be afraid for me to shadow him because I'm so tall and uh, he probably thinks I, <laughs> I never stop talking, but I know how to be quiet and yeah. I, I can actually be like terrible. Well, that, that's the best part of it is it's you really can just sit back and observe. That's all I want to do. And you learn so much. Okay. So tell me how many times have you done that? I'm all Oh God. Well, I mean, while I was a PA, I, that was really like a part of it. So, you know, Larry Charles, Bob Whitey, all these guys that, you know, they would really sort of explained to me between takes, like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. And then when I graduated AFI, um, Richard Shepard, who did a lot of girls, I he did a pilot that I shouted him on. Isn't he married to Jenny Connor? Yeah. Um, a bunch. I don't even remember now. It was like who, whatever opportunity I had, I would jump on. Did and do you it. reach out to them? Do they ask you? Do you just friends them in passing? Saying, uh, hey, I would love to. How did the, I know I love the int- the details. I, I'd reach out. I mean, most of them there was some sort of connection through someone. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people are afraid to to do that, and I think I was like, you know what? I really just want to like take everything in and learn. I was very afraid of. I didn't know how people communicate with actors because yeah. you're not, you're not taught that. It's not something you're taught. There's not like a class at film school where it's like, here's how you talk to an actor. There's- here's how you give a note. No, there's not. You sort of like learn all different aspects of filmmaking and sort of visual language. And you have a class where you talk to actors, but it's like, everyone is so different. Like I've worked with such different actors yeah. and they all respond to different things. And I even remember, calling my mom uh my first day of afi i called my mom and i was like my mom who's an actress and and i said how do how does like a director talk to you (laughs) like what do i do and she was like there's no formula you know there's no specific thing that you follow like don't give a line reading you know there's certain things like you're not supposed to do um but you really learn that through observing other people or just being on set yeah so that's so interesting. It's almost like in, it's intuitive. Like, but you should do it. I mean, I it, it, really it's you to. learn you learn a lot, especially if you're interested in sort of any aspect of filmmaking or writing or whatever it is. Like it's all it's all storytelling, you know. Well, so oh, that's good. I'm really good. I'm gonna. Pray. I know David's listening. So I, I texted him and I said, "What, <laughs> what should I ask Charlie?" And we'll get to what his question was. And it was oh, a, few, a few of my friends' nice. questions. Okay. But. Uh, I really must shadow him because I really have no. I have to see somebody. So I. So well, I he's so a I good person because he's uh, he's a really talented filmmaker. He's so also like a sweet, 
lovely human being. And yeah. so it's like, you know, He's so to, gentle. to me, it's like, it's so much about working with people that you really like and want to be around. Oh, I was thinking about that. Okay. Well, so AFI, Justin Later, that's your, yeah. he, that's your writing partner. Yeah. So you two, did you co-write the one I love? He wrote the one I love. You directed it. Yeah. We, I'm sure you co-wrote it. Yeah. We co-wrote it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, so how yeah, did, but it, it's so tell everybody what that is just in case people are like, they're living under a rock, they're boneheads. They don't no, know what it is. I mean, tell people, cause this, this movie is so special, so brilliant, so smart. And I have a million questions about it. But just can you set the stage to stage? Yeah, so I don't, so I don't like how we it. got there. No, or, like what it's what it's about. Because oh, it's um, I, yeah. I mean, it's about it's, it's about a couple played by Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss who um, who go to this like retreat house to go work on their marriage, and they're sent there by their therapist. And Ben um, Danson, your stepdad, my stepdad, yeah, lovely, lovely, so, so likable, the greatest, greatest man on the planet, yeah. Um, and uh, and they get there and. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know. Oh, well, don't give all the details. Okay, I don't want to give the details, but something happens very early on. Okay. And, you know, minute, I think it's minute all 13 right. or 14. <laughs> and uh, and it totally flips it upside down. I have been referring to it as like a, uh, it's like an indie uh, modern Twilight Zone. It's just yeah. like, it's like with a relationship uh, element to it. It's just yeah. like, it's, and did you, did you guys write it because... Because it takes us in like one location, let's just say. Uh, yeah, it was, it did was you a, write it around for that yeah. reason, or like, how did this idea come to be? Was it were you being smart to be like, I want to make a really cheap movie so I can make this is your first feature, yeah. right? It was all of it. So it was Tell me everything. It was. Uh, how did the I had a meeting with Mark Duplass? How did this come about? Um, we had another a different movie that we were trying to make. What and was that? What was that? Give exclusives to people. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Fighting Jacob. It's we've never we never made it. Okay. Uh, it was about a boxer with OCD. And, um, and Mark got that script and he, he really liked that script, but it was like, it needed a budget and there's no way that we were going to get it off the ground, but he really liked the script. So I had a meeting with Mark and Mark said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this or produce this, but if you ever want to just go shoot a movie for no money, what's no money? Uh, you know, like a hundred thousand dollars, like a tiny little shoestring budget movie that you, that we set in basically one location with a couple actors, yeah. then let me know. And I was like, okay. And could the other one not be made because it was just too expensive to make? Yeah. It was Got like it. Okay. $2.5 million budget or something. Yeah. And like, I just couldn't raise that. And Fuck. so then, God damn it. so that all fell apart. And, uh, and I called up Mark and I was like, remember when you said like, let's go make a movie. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, there, there was a house in Ojai that, that I knew we could shoot at. Um, and so Justin and I went to the house and we just started walking around the property and we started building a story. A you movie. came up with a story walking around the Yeah. So it, house? we had, it was all based on the location. Every, everything it. was written for the location. Yeah. So it was like, okay, there's a guest house. Something happens in the guest house that's different than the main house. And like, and we just started to build the story in these characters and yeah. we developed it with Mark and we would send Mark, you know, different ideas and he would be like, okay, what about this? And, um, and then, uh, Elizabeth Moss was really interested in doing like a small sort of Duplass style movie. And that came through them or you know, that, her? uh, Mark had told us that. And so he brought her up early on in casting and I was sent top of the lake season one before it had come out. 
because um, I never saw Mad Men. So I, I didn't saw Mad Men either or Top of the Lake. Top of the Lake's amazing. I mean, Mad Men is supposedly they're, amazing it's all, too. I just it's all amazing, it. yeah. Um, but I watched Top of the Lake, which which Lizzie's the star of, and she's incredible in. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, hundred percent, like she'd be perfect for this. So we went to her, and you know, it was a, it was like a fifty. 52 page scriptment we called it which is basically like every scene is written out yeah but there isn't dialogue although justin then while we were shooting the movie justin would write out the scenes and then he would hand us pages and be like okay what about this yeah as sort of like a a placeholder a 52 page script yeah so it's a it's a full script minus the dialogue for the most point and um and so that was what we worked off of and we shot it in 15 days, which was insanely 15 fast. 15 days. So it was yeah. three five-day weeks? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. We just shot through. I don't know if there was much of a break. <laughs> we were just filming. And, well, and we lived at the house. You lived at the house? Yeah, we were all sleeping in the house. Like, oh Mar- like Mark's room was the room of... Uh, of the couple and so when we were shooting in that room we'd be like all right mark you gotta like put your stuff away in the closet oh, that's how bridie elliott's movie clara's ghost was oh cool have you heard about this movie i did i did hear about it yeah, yeah i heard it's great i can't wait to see i it. really want to i texted her actually saying congrats because oh it God. seems like it's a really cool she's so wonderful yeah. yeah but they did the same thing where i had to move around to different rooms within the house yeah, yeah, shooting yeah. It. but yeah. uh yeah i think that that's the kind of the that's one of fun. the only ways to make a movie now you know your yeah. first movie I think it has it's to be. It's really hard otherwise. God, raising money is so hard. I'm trying to get money for my thing. And it's yeah. just, it's, I don't know why. I, re- I was like, oh, so many locations, so ridiculous. It's really I, hard. That's all I've been trying to do. It's like, because yeah. I was in TV development, like trying to get a TV show made multiple times. Yeah. I just got so sick of that. No, it's the worst. Because I just want, I, I just want I to make something. The more that you can take control and yeah. just go do it, even if you feel like there's no money here. How am I going to do this? Like find a way to do it. Once you invite more cooks into the kitchen, it's annoying. It just, it becomes harder to get off the ground. Wait, so what should I do? It's between you and me because we're here. Um, should I write just the one location? But the thing is, Oh God, I want to keep if it this. naturally. If Fuck, it, I'm so annoyed. Well, do whatever you want to do. No, 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 no. I wasn't saying that about you. I was no, saying no, no, to me, no, I, was, I know like, I just don't know what to do. I think, I think if you, he, here's what we did. We saw, we saw an opening of, we can make this movie at this time. And it was between Lizzie had just wrapped Mad Men. Mark was about to start something else. And there was like a three week window yeah. where we knew we could make this movie. And we, we jumped on it. We're like, I don't care if like we're working around the clock if we don't fully have a story like this was our time to make it and we needed to make it. And it was the best decision we ever did. Oh my God. And I think that that, that would be my advice is like, if you have the opportunity and it's there, even if you have to rewrite some stuff and kind of figure it out, I would, I would seize that. I would go for it. Okay. You know, yeah, because it's really hard, and people talk a lot, and like everything takes a lot of time, and it's like, and, yeah. and when you're waiting on 
other people's money. Sometimes it doesn't happen and then you lose the other, you know, it's just too much. So it's wh- too much. So what was your, but God, your, that movie, the one I love, and if you've not seen it and you're listening, you have to, I mean, where can people find it? It's not on Netflix right now. It used this to be. Could, now it's on, it's on like iTunes, uh, iTunes, Amazon. Okay. It's on all of those. All the places. Yeah. I, I mean, it you means you have to pay it. for it, I think, but That's you, great. you can find you it got, You deserve the money. It's I don't fantastic. You probably won't it. even see it. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Who gets it? Mark Duplass? I don't even Good for know that who guy. gets it at this point. <laughs> um, oh my someone, it goes to someone. How big was the crew? Tiny. Tiny. Like just one, like no. We parent. had, we had my, uh, just my writing partners roommate at the time. Yeah. Was uh, this guy Brett Beats, who's a lawyer, a lawyer uh, from New York? Yeah, moved out to LA because he's like, oh, he's really funny, and he's like, I want to do some comedy writing stuff. Yeah, and um, he was our boom operator. He was your boom operator. Yeah. So you had a boom operator. <laughs> he was a lawyer. A lawyer operating <laughs> the boom. Yeah, you had another person recording sound, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Who's had- great, a professional okay. person. But w- yeah, wardrobe, yes or no, or just oh. Uh, your, can we talk about this? My, yeah. Your ex-girlfriend at the time. She, she did. She, she was did your, wardrobe. We won't yeah. say names. Let's be personal. Yeah. Well, she, she, she did it under like an, a pseudonym. A, a pseudonym. Yeah. All right. That's not yeah. very, Cause with you actually, I was very precious before this podcast. I was like, yeah. cause I love, I love Howard Stern. Yeah. I love yeah, like yeah. Mark. Yeah. Mar- I love like very honest interviews, but at the same time I'm like, I can tell Charlie McDowell is a very private person. I don't want to. Like, I mean, I, I look, it, I'll always sort of protect. Of I, I'm less private for me and more like protect the people who want privacy and of course but but yes uh, but that's something that you know yes she she did wardrobe that's, for it that's nice to work with somebody that you're dating i think it's cozy yeah it was cool and then and then we worked together on the next movie so hair and makeup you had one hair and makeup person or none yeah one i'm actually getting all the details Liz Lash, yep. uh and then what else production designer no yes yeah production, yeah, production design. designer so that's basically it right yeah and DP? we yeah our dp you Who know that? grip and electric uh doug emmett shot it doug emmett Good, very handsome man. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why do you say that? Does everybody no, think see, that? He just, I you mean, it's like all goofy and no, because you sort of see this guy and you're like, oh, he's the star of the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Like we made jokes that like we made jokes that Mark Duplass was like <laughs> like if someone just came on the set and they didn't know who Mark was that he was a part of like the art department. That's hilarious. And that Doug was like the lead. He looks like he could be in like a Twilight movie or something. Oh my god, I saw it funny. I was just thinking, of, like, does he look like Robert Pattinson? Yeah, he's just like he's just like a. I gotta find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll pull up a photo. Um, are they um, all, but are yeah, they- it was a tiny little thing. We were all we were just yeah we were all living in the house and. And we would, you know, we had people there that were cooking food and it was all like really good food from the farmer's market. And, you know, who are these people cooking? There's this couple that just came. I I don't know. They were like craft service, but they were just making food in the kitchen. Oh, no. Here's okay. So another thing. Tell me it's not my business and you don't want to talk about it if you don't want to. Um, This is not a salacious podcast, but didn't I was was thinking, oh, God, there is something in my throat. Don't listen. God, um, it's really not that bad. It's for me. You're not like talking anything. You're just like, (laughs) I'm, you know, I could be, but, um, (laughs) oh, but like, so, okay. So Ted Danson is your stepdad. Yeah. You have your mom who's an actress. Yeah. Mary. Steen Bergen. Steen Bergen. Yeah. It's a tough name. Um, actually I knew it. It was good. Okay. But, uh, and then your dad is Malcolm McDowell. Yep. Didn't you learn about what it's like to be on sets and watch yeah. what goes on when you're a kid. And so like to have any kind of, did you learn about what it's like to direct or how to direct being just a kid in this no, world? Not, 
not how to direct or like what a director did. And, and, you know, it's like when you're a kid on set, it's like you care about like candy at craft service. Oh, that's true. That's it. Yeah. And like, I wasn't sure if anything sunk in or you noticed. Well, I think things sunk, they did, but I just didn't realize it, you know? And it, it was, it was cool. Um, it was actually a story I told. So our last Q and A for the discovery, which was my most recent film, we did, um, we did this Q and A in New York and Jonathan Demi, who passed away, he was the moderator for the Q&A like three weeks before he passed oh away. Oh, my God. And it was, I mean, that was really, really heartbreaking for me. But um, but Jonathan directed my mom um, in, in quite a few films, the film she won an Oscar for, which is insane. What's the um, name of that film? It's called Melvin and Howard. And then he directed her in the film Philadelphia. So I was a little kid on the set of Philadelphia. Oh my god! And and Jonathan w- is somewhat the reason that I was interested in directing because I I would watch him and I was like, who's the guy that would say action and then everyone would shut up? Yeah, that's <laughs> like cool. He just like controlled the room and I was like, who's that guy? Um, and so then he let me in the courtroom scene in one of the courtroom scenes for Philadelphia. He let me say action and cut. And it was the first time I'd ever said that. I was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something. Aristotle's walking out of the room, not interested. Aristotle <laughs> hated that story. <laughs> it's, only like, the, it's only a very important uh, bit of information. Um, but yeah, that that was a kind of cool moment now that I look back on it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I, I guess I was interested somewhat back then. I just didn't realize it. Is that know? like... Is that something that, like sunk into your brain where you're like, I like being around this. I like the, did you like yeah. the community of it? And like- I, I did, but I pushed it away for a while. Why? Um, I didn't, I didn't like being associated with my parents. I didn't like having my own identity. You didn't like, wait, you want, you have your own identity. I know, but I was, I was always the son of. Yeah. I, I was always the son of. I know. That's why I get tentative because I get too, uh, I get really sensitive Oh no, I don't care. About, oh, no, I no, 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 I don't care about talking because I can say that that it, it's it's, it's a it. huge part of who I am, yeah. and I love my parents more than anything in the world. Yeah, and I'm very close to them, and also respect them insanely for the work that they've done. But as my own person, and actually, probably what's driven me to do, uh, you know, the little work that I've done so far is because I wanted my own identity. I wanted my own thing. How did you get? How did you get over the the thing where, where you like pushed what you really wanted to do because you didn't want to be associated with your parents to being like, no, this is what I really want to do and I have to do what I want to do? Um, so when I was 13 or 14, I started, um, I started uh, competitively surfing. Are you serious? And that was sort of my life. Wait, are you single right now? Yeah. You are single? Yeah. Okay. What's your astrological sign? <laughs> I'm a cancer. He's a cancer. You're 5'11", right? <laughs> yeah, 5'11". 5'11", yeah. cancer. How old are you? 34 now. 34. Beautiful. Youngest you're ever going to be. Fantastic. Yeah, that's Don't, true. Yeah, it's great. It's actually very young. <laughs> really. But uh, girls, and he competitively uh, surfs. Well, that was back in the day. It's, but uh, no, I still surf all the time. Oh my that, God. But that Stop. was like my, that was my life. <laughs> girls but, are freaking out all are over they? the continent. <laughs> are they? They're freaking out. They I can, care. I, can I guess hear them. people like surfers. I can hear high pitched squeals. You can't. Okay. Um, so go on your well company. yeah so then i i started to that like that's all i cared about and i was like surfing's my life yeah and and like you know i'd surf before school and after school and oh all my of that God. and then uh and then i started to i got underwater housing for a video camera 
because I was interested in, in shooting my friends who were surfing. Yeah. And that's what transitioned it all for me. Because I was like, oh, I understand how to like how to hold the camera and shoot it and make it look good. And like if the sun's here and it's backlighting the surfer, you know, like I just started to visually understand things. Yeah. And then and then I would ask the surfers like, okay, let's do like a little scene on the beach or something. And basically I sort of like made my way to land. I know that's cheesy to say, but it's true. No, it's totally not cheesy because another thing, um, and I know if you listen to the Jordan rock episode or I had said to him, because I usually don't ask my guests about their family because I always feel like they're their own person, their own right. And I don't want to do that. How dare like that's rude. But when I did have like Hamilton Morris on the show, I didn't ask about his dad. I felt like, Oh, that's my own problem. I got to, I got to ask what I want to ask. And then they'll, of course you should. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, this is what I was going to ask you. Oh God, I feel, and tell me if I'm wrong. And I mean, I feel like you're so grounded. Like you live far away. You're out of LA. You know, you have your beach place. People don't need to know where it is actually. But uh, anyway, (laughs) 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 I don't think many people are like, let's go to look for Charlie McDowell at Beachwood. (laughs) You never know. Oh my God. I'm, you know, but, um, but you just seem so like, uh, self-possessed and, uh, like you just, uh, you seem like you have a lot of self-worth, high self-esteem, grounded, kind, like just really stable. Am I wrong? And and if I'm not, how did like how did you end up like this? And what did your parents I don't instill know. in you? I mean, I, I thank you. I, I hope, you know, we all sort of try to what be our best versions of ourselves, I guess. But I, I think I mean I, I think I'm lucky. Like I have really good parents. You really you know? that's what it is. I have it? really good parents. I have my mom's amazing. My stepdad's the greatest man I've ever known. My dad is like this larger than life, incredible, interesting human being yeah. who I love and and, uh, and my stepmom's amazing. I, I was just lucky, you know? Yeah. And then, I, and then I had this, um, this nanny that lived with my family from when I was six months old till I was 18. Really? Yeah. I mean, she became, you know, my mom's assistant. Like she wasn't my nanny when I was 17 years old, yeah. but like she was, and she's sort of like, uh, she's very much like Mary Poppins. She's from England and she yeah. was, a, she's a huge part of my life. Um, what did they all instill in you in their own? Can you give me like things that like maybe your your mom left you? Like if, if you had to go, my mom taught me this about women and dating or, or life or in general, how to treat people, how to be. Well, I, I think the best teachers don't teach, you know, I think the best oh. teachers are sort of like you, you observe them and you see how they are with other human beings and. There's not, you know, there was never like discipline for me to be like, you have to do this or, you know, you're in trouble for this. It was like, I sort of, I never wanted to disappoint people. Um, And so I would, I was a pretty good kid. I didn't do anything crazy really. Do you meditate or do you go to therapy? I don't meditate, although surfing is sort of my meditation. I, I surf. So I, this last year, at the beginning of the year, I said I want to see a hundred movies and surf a hundred hours. Oh yeah, did you tell me this? I think I think I, I tweeted like, it or something. Yeah. Um, and I and I did it. I saw a hundred and two movies and a hundred and fourteen hours of surfing. Yeah. And so that was like, it's just setting a goal of something that's important to me. So like being in the water like resets everything for me. Yeah. So that's sort of my meditation. Although I know that it's different from the actual practice of meditation, but it's I think I get a similar thing from it. Yeah. Um, and then. What was the other thing? Oh, therapy. Yeah. I'm not in therapy right now, but I've I've been yeah, going, you know, in and out my whole life. 
do you like these dating apps? Do you like dating apps or do you think it's just like garbage? I, I just wonder. I just like it's a little of all of it, right? Yeah, you know, it's like oh. there there are there are kind of like sweet, interesting, beautiful people that are that are on them, but it's really hard to find. And you know, I mean Raya, I think, is like <laughs> is so ridiculous, yeah. but also like incredibly entertaining. I think as a writer, like it's really fun because you just get to sort of see visually see with, you know, music playing these like slideshows of like, you know, pretty ridiculous human beings. But then I'm on it too. So it's like, I'm one of them as well. But I saw you on there. I first, I felt first I was like, Oh my God, I'm so exposed, but I'm like, Oh my God, but he's here. And then I think my, when I messaged you was like, what are we doing here? No, I know. But that's what's great too, is like you end up matching with like a lot of people, you know, and it's always the same reaction. It's just like so embarrassed. Because it's like, like you see my like dumb song that I picked and like the photos that I'm like, here's who I am. You know, here here's yeah. where I look good. And it's just like so it's so bad. Oh, but God. then but then when you're but then if you meet, you know, random people, it's like you don't think twice about it because it's like, okay, you don't know them. They they're not judging you. Yeah. But like when you see people people you know on there, it's really rough. It's so rough. And then oh god. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then I I had like a song up. I had like a version of Le'Veon Rose, which is like a Mariah detail. I had a version of a cover that I enjoyed that I found, I don't know how, of Le'Veon Rose, and but I didn't realize it said from this How I Met Your Mother soundtrack. No disrespect to your friend Jason Siegel, who's one of the stars of not only the Discovery your movie, which we will talk about, but also one of the stars of How I Met Your Mother. So I never watched that show. That's neither here nor there. But it was, uh, so then I realized, oh, this song, it says, like, <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. So now it looks like I'm, like, advocating for the show. That's kind of funny, though. Wh- which I've never seen, and I don't feel like that's the, the coolest version of me. But plus, I've not but seen it. maybe that is the, you know, like, I think that that's kind of cool. When I see people, like, I saw someone the other day um, who had, like, the, the Harry Potter audio book up. So it was just, like, that's, a quick little 20-second thing of Harry Potter, and I was like, oh, that's kind of amazing. But that's stylized and a choice. This, yeah. is, this is an accidental, weird, like, somebody... And, and guess, guess what? The reactions weren't good. But they weren't good? No, which told me more about these really weird, judgmental jerks. Totally. I was like, I'm just a woman living my life. So maybe it's the right thing. You're just weeding out all those people that, you know... Well, then I went to, like, a New Year's Eve small dinner with a friend of mine, and he's a comedian, and he was like, you really got to change that song. And I went, really? Does anybody really care? I feel like only the bonehead meanies said something harsh, yeah. which tells me more about them because they're so judgmental. But uh, but he went, you got to change it. So I changed it. You I changed came, it? What well, did you change it to? To like Ariel Pink, who is also problematic, uh, but uh, but like <laughs> up to like to like a cool kind of sexy slow, right, like right, I'm right. smart and I have good taste or I'm aware of things you might not. I don't know. Who yeah, cares. yeah, yeah. Right, I'm just right, a geek. Right. I like friends. Like right. I, I don't, I'm just like, what am I trying to? I don't know. I don't know if you needed to change it. You know what? I might change it back, but then to a few people, and this won't be like a diatribe rant for the rest of the podcast, but a few people were like. Uh, have you heard the original as if I had never heard the song? And like, I was just like a really into like this weird thing I saw on the soundtrack for how I met your mother, but I can't, I think it's kind of, I, I think it's like a cool choice to put the, how I met your mother. Even if you haven't seen it, like I would see that and think, Oh, that's really funny. 
personally. But it was, I just like the song. I don't want I you to think it's funny. I know, but you, but that shows a side of who you are anyway. Like if you show that humor like that. But it wasn't meant to be, it's just the song. I know, but it's an accidental I can't live my life. <laughs> an accidental, that's the next, my next movie. My first movie. I have to make one first. <laughs> an accidental act of humor. That's great. Um. All right. Listen, you made your movie. You made your really smart, the one I love movie. And by the way, one location movies don't always work. They can be very like irritating and boring, whatever. Your movie is so laser sharp and special because of this like twist element that you can't, we can't even talk about because people need but to see it. But it's also because we wrote it for, again, it's like we're writing it for the space. So we knew every 10 minutes we had to change it. Oh, we had to really? Flip it. Yeah. We had to be like, okay. At this point, someone's like getting bored because we're in the same location. We need to change it in this way or the character needs. So it's like we knew what we're playing within a specific sandbox. And like we we knew everything that we had to kind of do and and figure out within that sandbox, which was great. Like, oh, that's smart. We had, you know, we were put inside something and we're like, here's what we have. Let's play with that. I wouldn't even think that in one one location movie, you'd have to think every 10 minutes, change it up because people are getting bored. That's such a good specific answer. It was. It was. It was pretty specific to 10 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, Going back to romance real quick. Wait, because you have these like. these examples of like love and you know monogamous relationships working does that make you go it's possible no my mom and stepdad they seem that wildly in love they're so yeah and it's like been over 20 years so it's possible it's it's possible and it's also like it it makes you feel a little bit like i'm totally screwed why because it feels so hard to find that like what they have like what they have is so beyond sort of anything I've seen. So as that being my example, it's a little bit. I mean, all m- me and my sisters talk about it all the time. We're like, I want to talk about this. Yeah, they've totally screwed us. Wait, is it because of the time? <laughs> is it because of our gener- like the time we live in with all the with Raya Instagram? Uh, you know, we need immediate gratification yeah. and all. The, we can see all the options all around the world all the time. Is that the problem or is is the expectation for you specifically too high? Because I think like I think the idea that normal because normal for me is my example of my parents, that the idea of normal is sort of this perfect love relationship. um, It it sets the bar so high that it's nearly impossible to hit that. I don't think so. I do not well, think so. I, hope so. I mean, that'd be nice. Well, I'd love to find that. I'm not done. But yeah, but but it also, it took them, you know, it, it wasn't their first marriage. Mm-hmm. They'd had, you know, it, it took a little while to find each other and it was a lot of its timing. Well, what does it take? So if it's timing, is it? Like, I think a lot of it's timing. Can, I think, oh. I think as I get older, I'm like, okay, it's timing. It's where people are sort of at in their life and what they're doing and. And then I think it's like, and and the one I love played with this too. It's like, you know, it's, we sort of give the best version of who we are when we first meet someone. And then when the dust settles, like, are you still that person or are you, you know, a not as good version of that person? So I think it's like, do we accept in a relationship, you know, in this relationship, like I love 70% of this person and I'm going to deal with the 30%? Yeah. Or are you trying to find something that's 95% or 100%? And so I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I think I think that oh, that no. may shift depending on where I'm at in my life, you know? Do you want kids? I do, yeah. Do you want to get married? Yeah. So what do you... I mean, a version of... You know, for me, it's like... Oh, God. I, what, I, what's happening? No, I mean, like... 
a version of I, I'm so not someone that wants like a a big showy wedding or yeah. something. You like, seem very mellow and still. Like you'd have. Yeah, a I'd like thing. to have like a party that like even maybe we just say like all right, and we're happening to get married right here. Yeah. Of, you know, like that's I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't have any interest in that. But yeah, like the commitment to someone and saying like we're gonna do this and it's gonna be the two of us. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think for me, where I'm at in a relationship and why you know, it's hard to figure out, okay, who am I going to be with or finding the right person is like, I'm 34. I'd like to find that as the next person I'm with, you know, I was with someone for six years and, and then that didn't work. And so ultimately it's like, okay, I don't want to have another six year relationship and then it not work, you know? So what do you know, if this is too personal, Mm -hmm. what do you need? I mean, I'm sure it's, yeah. What do you need? I don't know. If you know I mean, yourself well enough. Well, I don't know if we know that, you know, I think yeah. we, I think we have all of our specific things that like, you know, we connect with people in certain ways over other people and, you know, a physical attraction and an emotional attraction and all of that. And then I think most of it for me is just a feeling, you know, yeah. I've never been someone that can like force something or like on page this person is perfect. I want to be with them. Like I've had friends do that. And I'm sort of like, how did you trick your, like, don't you have feelings where you're like, this isn't totally right. Or I don't have this connection or whatever. To me, it's all about a connection. That's oh, it. You said you have, you have friends who will write down their, their list. Well, or like, then... or mentally just have a, like, this is what I need for my life. Yeah. And then they just find it. And I'm like, but like emotion, like all of that just worked and clicked and maybe it did, or maybe it's like, they just are accepting, you know, a certain thing that they're getting. Isn't it like that scene? Is that, is that an Annie Hall? I know I'm allowed to talk about Woody Allen. That's scene, that scene in Annie Hall or Manhattan where he's like, I think it's Annie Hall where he's like walking down the street and then all of a sudden he turns to these two strangers and he's like, you're a beautiful couple. Like, how do you guys make it work? Yeah, and yeah. she's like, well, I'm, I'm emotionally, you know, vapid and, uh, right, and yeah, you know, yeah. and he, he is, he's exactly the same. So yeah. it's just like cruising through life. It's like, I, I feel like maybe I get fooled. I see those all the time and I just feel so intensely and I need that, like, I need to be best friends with someone. I need to be, feel like, I completely accept this person as they are and I understand them and vice versa. And it's like you're a team and it's yeah. a, a best friendship, but also you have to have the passion of having sex and you Right. La- you need laughing. a lot of things. You want to be laughing. You want to feel safe. You want to like all the stuff. Yeah. And but also is- we're like, we're raised, we're raised our whole life, like with a specific idea or with a specific family and, and that makes up who we are. And then this idea that we're supposed to come together with someone else who has that background with a totally different family, totally different ideas, and then like coexist, it's not easy. It's no. like we're, we're made to think it's easy because we look at examples of love and we see movies. And, but it's like th- the reality is, is it's really hard to like to find something that is perfect or what we think is perfect. So. I don't know. I, I, where I'm at is like I'm just sort of letting things happen, and if it works, great, and if it doesn't, I don't if know. If you meet a girl in Hollywood, how do you oh, drive over hard. to the house? That's, how how that's far hard. is that drive? That's a long drive. Yeah, well, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm here, but then people that I've dated, you know, will come up there, and it's like, you know, I, I love it. I mean, I eventually I want to live there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, oh, I'm just wondering how this navigates, how you navigate this wild, weird world. Anyway. Listen, let's talk about your other movie. Okay, Okay, let's let's talk about about the discovery. How did this all come to be? Now, you 
co-wrote this yeah. with Justin. And do you love writing with a partner? Love it. Who is is your best friend? Do we, yeah. do we say that as adults? Best friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's he great. Is. I love yeah, we that. talked about that the other day. Oh good. Okay. We, we like me and our our other friend, um, Andy Kevin Walker, who's this amazing writer, he wrote Seven is a spec script when he was 25 years old. He did. Oh my God. So we, we hang out, the three of us hang out like three times a week. Yeah. Um, and the, and literally like two nights ago, we're like, we're best friends. You are best friends. We like, we like, let it be known. We're like, you're my best friend and you're my best friend. Yeah. I feel like people make fun of me when I, when I go, you're my best friend or are we best friends? They go, well, we're grown. I mean, we're friends, but we don't say that. We even had the discussion where he was like, but what about, you you said, you know, a a year ago you described Alex Israel as your best friend. And I was like, he's like my brother. I've known him forever. Yeah. And he is, he'll always be a brother, best friend, but like you guys are my best friends. Oh my, wait. So do you know Ezra? Ezra. Uh, oh God, I'm forgetting his last name. He's always with Alex Israel. I feel like I feel no, like no, no. That's Ezra. a different Alex Israel. There's oh. two. Why? There are two Alex Israel. So Alex Israels? Israel, the artist, is not your friend. No. Who's the other person? He's this. Uh, <laughs> what? He, he's like a. Exclusive. He's very successful and is like did a startup app and sold it for millions of dollars. You know, and now he's he sounds great. Something. He he's sounds amazing. like the greatest. I introduced him <laughs> to his wife, and now he has a baby. Really? So he owes me. But he introduced me to Justin. Later, my writing partner. Oh, but I think you guys we, met at we AFI. went at different times. You went at different times. And yeah. did, by the way, did you love uh, AFI? I loved it. Wait, what were we talking about a second ago? Oh, okay. Oh, you loved it. You met at different times. Um, yeah, sorry. So, let, no, where don't were you we? dare oh, apologize. Uh, don't you dare. Um, uh, the oh, dis- the discovery. discovery. So, so, when, so, when does this start? And then also, is it still hard with financing when you just, because you, you have your, your super fancy friends who should warrant, like, they don't they garner financing very easily? It was still hard to, to, to get that movie off the ground. Because the Discovery stars Jason Siegel, Rooney Mara, Robert Redford, yeah. Riley Keough. Yeah. And Jesse Plemons. Oh, he's so great. I love him. He's so, were you guys I friends or him. did you cast no, him? No, cast him. But now he's a friend, but not a best friend. He, he just, No, because I don't see him that much, oh. but he's, I love him God, so lovely. much yeah. and I would want to make every single thing with him ever. He's so likable. He's such a good actor. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I was just lucky. It was amazing. Tell me I mean, how this came to be. Why this story? Are, are you fascinated with the afterlife and, and death and what it all means? Yeah. You are? I think I'm fascinated with, I mean, I think everyone is, where do we go? I'm talking about you. Okay. It's the spotlight okay. on you, baby. I'll talk about me. <laughs> okay. Um, how, well, how it came to be was we wrapped the one I love literally that day we're driving from Ojai to LA and Justin said, I have an idea for our next movie. I love this, Justin. And I was like, oh, God. You know, we, we just finished shooting. I was like, can't we just spend a little time Keep relaxing? Keep it moving. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, let me just, all I have is like a one line pitch. And I was like, okay. And he said, what if the afterlife was scientifically proven where, and, and we knew exactly where we were going to go, what would happen? And then we started to talk about what that would mean to the world and you know, would uh, people take their own lives and commit suicide because if suicide, if it didn't mean you're dying, you're just going to a new place. Is that the same thing as death or are you just constantly living in a new place? Yeah. That became really interesting to us, that question. Um, so it started there and then, um, we wrote the opening scene between, uh, the guy who created this discovery and an interviewer just to figure out like, what do we want to explore? Yeah. And that was like a 10 page scene. And so it was just that character, the doctor, Thomas Harbor and the doctor, uh, Thomas Harbor played, who, who played, played by, by Redford. How did Redford get in the mix? Well, that's much later. Okay. We'll tell you later. Okay, so, and me. then, so then 
and again, like, I guess the reason I'm explaining this is because it's like the way in which we work is we sort of are like, what do we have in front of us? And let's like either write to that or explore that. And so, um, I gave those, I gave those pages to Rooney, um, and Rooney read them and was like, I love this. I love this idea. Um, I want to be in this movie. Um, and I was like, okay, that's great. <laughs> now I got to write a really good girl part. This is great because I'm not going to give her some dumb part where like she's the wife of someone and she's servicing the guy. So um, we started to build the story emotionally around this girl's, you know, this this character, um, which was Isla, and um, and then we felt like the best way into the story was through the son of the guy who made this discovery. And then it just sort of, it just went from there. But keep, tell me how it came together. Like, um, how, how it came it? together. So, so Rooney, Rooney was attached, um, and, and wanted to do it. And then that, then I took it to a bunch of, uh, or, or a, a lot of agents called and was like pitching me different actors for the lead guy. Um, I first took it to Jason Siegel, but he was kind of busy doing something. So then, and you've known him for a long time. I right? know him. He he was in my short film at AFI. Bye bye Benjamin. Yeah. I saw it. It reminded me of Bugsy Malone a bit. Where I oh thought, I don't God. know. I love Bugsy so Malone. But I, I, no, it's <laughs> not hilarious. bad. It was great. I, I didn't I didn't even see Jason Siegel in it. Did I? How long well, was the short? No. So he was in. He was in <laughs> I did the my one. Research. Yeah, you really did. That's yeah. amazing. He was in the one before called Me and Miss Mandible, and he was the star of it. Yeah. And who else was in it? There was, um, oh my God, Mindy Kaling played like, had like two lines. She, how did she like get in the Like before The Office. What? It was insane. Where did you find her? Um, she AFI? was really good friends with the guy who I co-wrote it with. Okay. So she, he like broke up with her and she like literally had like two lines or something. Oh so my th- God. So this is a short that only AFI has. And then... Uh, Bye Bye Benjamin was my thesis, and Jason did like a tiny little role in it. How did I not see him? He was I watched like, it last night. He was the he was the news. He, there's don't like look. a news interview thing. Don't it's look. okay. I, I don't care. I want, I don't you can see. wipe your nose. Well, I, I don't know. care. I um, anyway, uh, so then so then what happened? Uh, th- so then Nicholas Holt came on board, and oh, he he was going to be in it. What happened there? Um, we just kept pushing the movie because financing kept sort of falling in and Wait, out. Let me get this straight. Financing for how much were you looking for? Is it if it's none of my business? Well, no, no. At first, we were looking for somewhere in the like two and a half to three million. Okay. Then, and the, it it all changed. So once Jason came on board, we lost Nick Holt to do a different movie, and I and I love him, and it was a mutual. I totally understood. Um, what movie? He did uh, the JD Salinger um, Rebel in the Rye. So. But how can you have a hard? How can financing fall through? If you it's have so, Rooney Mara so and Nick Holt, I don't understand yeah, it's that. Insane. That makes no sense to my brain. It's all it. It all is just crunching numbers, and like Rooney doesn't have like insane amounts of foreign value. Nick Holt like doesn't have insane amounts of domestic Jesus. value. It, it's like it, it's ridiculous. All but right, it's, so it's the case. He's so anyway, there. so uh, I went back to Jason. I was like, let's do this. He was really excited. And then um, I was trying to actually, I've never really said this, but um, a very a different version of the Thomas role that Redford played. He was originally written younger 
with the Nick Holt version, and Jim Carrey was going to do it. Oh, yeah. my good. That's I love Jim Carrey so, so much. Do I. And I love Robert Redford completely. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a different. It's a very different version. Did you meet with Robert? I, uh, with I a, met with Jim twice. Please tell me what that was like. Can we just take a moment to unpack that? Yeah, please? I mean, all like sort of. Yeah, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, because it was like it was really kind of amazing and beautiful and intense and all. It, it you I know, he him. he's a really unique, interesting person, and, and we really connected. Um, and he thinks about these ideas. Like, I mean, have you seen Jim and Andy? Then you sort of know where his mind goes yeah. and, and, and what he likes to think and talk about. And so he was really interested in this. Um, and then it just came down to like timing and he was doing something else and, um, you know, all the reasons that stuff falls apart and it, it fell so apart with him. Yeah. Um, but that would have been cool. Did you go over to his house and... Went to his to house. Him. Here, that's what he does with directors, right? Yeah. The, who's the girl who did um, Bad Batch? Oh, Lily. Yeah, yeah. She, I, did she go to his house? Yeah, I hear stories. And she went and sat down with him. And, and yeah. like, I've heard of that for a few times. It's but yeah, really it's, cool. always, it's always an experience for but, the person. Yes, for sure. And and also, like, I mean, you probably have a similar thing. But for me, like, he was my absolute idol. Like, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, like... I could quote those. I've I've seen those movies more than any other movies. Yeah, you know, it was, I was just obsessed, and so he. And then Eternal Sunshine has probably been like my favorite movie in the last you know twenty years or whatever. And so it, he he's a big part of of you know movies that I love. So it was really cool. Um, I hope I work with him someday. But um, but why? anyway, it, so then wait, why is Eternal Sunshine such a why does it? Um, uh, because I, I think when I saw, well, I think if you, I mean, you've seen my films, like it, it's definitely like, how do you take a simplistic love story and tell it in a way that is different and unique and makes you hopefully feel more for this love story because you're telling it in that way. Yeah. Oh, so you're um, a romantic. Are you a romantic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to, you know, well, yeah, get it I mean, out there. I, yeah, no, I love, I love, you know, looking and sort of dissecting relationships and what we do and especially at like whatever stage I'm at in my life, you know? Um, and so Jim carries off, you get you and you meet Robert Redford. How? So then, so then WME sends me a list, um, of available actors and Robert Redford was on it. And, and what I realized was I had never thought about, Redford because he's like untouchable and and David this is actually a perfect thing to talk about with David Lowry like David Lowry was like the only Sundance person and then I was after David doing this that like went to Redford to be in their movie because everyone just puts him on a pedestal of like he's untouchable he'll never be in my movie which I totally thought like I never even thought about him because there's no way he would ever make a movie with me I forget he's an actor because I just think he's the Sundance festival he's just like this iconic it's Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god so what was that so you you so they called and they are like He's available. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And everyone, producers, casting director, they were like, look, we're going to we're really pushing this and pushing it. We're going to lose everyone like you need to go to someone realistic for this role. And I just had this weird feeling that he was going to do it. I don't know why. Uh, and and I didn't really have that feeling with other people. And I was like, he's, I, I think he's going to do this movie. 
and um, and I had heard that he had seen the one I love and was a fan, which blew my mind because so it's yeah. Robert Redford. Um, and he read the discovery and was like, I'm going to be in Santa Monica. Cause again, he doesn't live in LA. Yeah. He's like, fuck this place and left. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to be in Santa Monica on this date. Um, you know, 10 AM meet at this, at this hotel in, in Santa Monica. Yeah. And so I was in like New York and I flew back and Justin and I went and he was wearing like an Adidas, like track suit and a red bandana. I mean, he was like, so cool. <laughs> And, um, and we sit by the pool and we start flipping through the script and talking about the character and he's asking questions and we're answering and, and he's like, Oh, I really like this. And he's like, I don't understand this. Okay. We'll clarify that. And, and we just went through and, and then we finished the meeting and he's like, great, I want to do it. And we were like, like, what? Oh my goodness. We're like by a pool with Robert Redford and he's like, I want to be in your film. And that was that. Uh, that's one of the coolest moments of my life, for sure. And it just went. And how soon from that interaction to shooting? Um, and you shot it where? In Newport, Rhode Island. Newport, Rhode Island. In this insane kind yeah. of beautiful um, abandoned or not abandoned. Actually, like, family owns this like comp. It's a fifty bedroom like castle, basically. Uh, where did you find this Harry Potter esque castle? So it was not written that way. Okay. It was written for like. Um, you know, like a barn, like a rustic, like more like Martha Marcy May Marlene. Have you seen that film? Like a, a culty kind of like, um, you know, rustic feel. And then this was not that. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to this house because uh, I was just driving around and then someone was like, have you checked out the Ruggles mansion? And I was like, what? The Ruggles it's mansion. called the Ruggles mansion. <laughs> and I went there. And I like freaked out. I was like, this is the weirdest. It, it didn't feel like you were in the States. It felt like you were in some like weird French chateau or something. Yeah. And, um, and I called Justin and I was like, um, I'm going to send you like 30 pictures and we, we got to rewrite this for this place. Why did, why were you driving around there? Um, I wrote it originally again, same thing, location. So I grew up going to Martha's Vineyard every oh, summer. God, I love Martha's Vineyard. I was there for like two months one time and I, really? yeah, I, I did some job there yes. and I loved it. I just was bike riding the whole yeah. time. It was just, I was so, I've never been happier. I was so yeah, calm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the best. So we, um, I wanted to write a movie that took place there in the off season yeah. and like what that looked and felt like. When's the off season? I should know this, but I don't. Just any time that's not the summer months. So basically okay. like after September, so October through May. Um, and, and, uh, <laughs> and, okay. and so we, um, we originally wanted to shoot it there. Do you remember Chillmark, the town Chillmark? Oh yes. In Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the original title of the discovery was called Chillmark. Really? Yeah, that was the first title of it. Is that it. by the health food store? Isn't it like a health food store? If you go around in a circle, you yeah, yeah, it's I it's know. mostly just land, and you know, but it's it's where my my family test is. And Chillmark didn't test well, and uh, it, it just it was too <laughs> it was too hard to um, like, no, no no it was too hard to shoot there. And then I realized like I don't want to specifically call it out. Yeah. Um. And so then we'll bleep Beachwood later. And uh, no, no specific call. I don't care. About <laughs> okay. Good going. Um. But then. Uh, but yeah, so then we um, we rewrote it for Newport, which is a very similar vibe and feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we we shot it there. So and this is a lot more expensive than a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. 
Um, and were you overwhelmed with however much money, like the app, did you feel a lot of responsibility? Were you scared? Were you like, had you been directing TV in between? Had you done more? Um, I did two episodes of Silicon Valley, which is very different than what I was doing. But yeah. Uh, and Dear White People. And Dear White People. I did Dear, yes, I did Dear White People season one. And then I just did a a season two, um, which I, which I love. Yeah. That group of people are so cool. Yeah, I just watched that show. I like it. Um, is that Logan Browning? Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Everyone. It's honestly like the nicest group of people. So, um, so a lot more money for the discovery. A lot more money. Uh, a lot more pressure, but I, I don't... Love story, sci-fi-esque. Well, yeah. how, how would you describe it in your elevator um, or whatever? It's like... Uh, Whatever you already know. told the people after we get it. it. Yeah, we it's, heard. A, it's a romantic right. drama sci-fi show. So you're doing that? How many days? Twenty-five shooting days. Okay. So ten more than the one I love, but still pretty contained. And how was the? How was that? It was very cold. Yeah. Okay. And it was same thing. I, I think um, for whatever reason in film school, the one I love and the discovery, um, I somehow created a set where like it just is good people. And I don't know if that's like somehow I bring together interesting, kind of cool, great people. That's a reflection of you. Maybe, or maybe not, or maybe I've just lucked out. No, no. But, um, but it was the best. Like it was so fun. Um, Redford was incredible. Yeah. The nicest man on the planet. What was it like to direct him? How did you, when you had to direct him, what did you do? Tippy toe over and be like, excuse me. Uh, or were you just, you're just so know. calm in your I skin. Just, I just, honestly, my going into it, I just said, be who you are, get what you need and, and don't overthink it and don't treat Redford. Like it would be a disservice to him and him wanting to be a part of this project if I didn't treat him like any actor there. Yeah. And so I did. And, and obviously in a respectful way and that like, it's fucking Robert Redford you're talking to, but it's like with all of them, like it was like, let's put our heads together and figure out who these people are and what we want to do. Um, and it was the best. It was, uh, Rooney was incredible and, and insanely gifted as an actor, which I already knew, but to, work with her it's like she you'd never directed her before i never directed her um you know the part is is so her yeah um and and conversations and you know it's 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 a movie it is a movie for her really um and and it was cool like it was a nice kind of relationship that we had in making that movie and and then jason was like working with my best friend you yeah. Know, so it was it was fun. And then that went to Sundance. That went to Sundance. And and Netflix bought it. Yeah, they or? they actually bought it while we were shooting it. Oh. Um and and it, I think it was just kind of based on like they saw some stills and they really liked the cast and they just they yeah, they they bought it. They're not going to um, snooze on this. Yeah, it like, was cool. We're... So it, it was yeah, and and then we took the one I love to Sundance, which was like the complete opposite experience <laughs> where it was like we premiered on like a Tuesday night, like a little bit later in the festival. Is that not good? What are the rules? Well, the no, festival? people just like, you're not opening night. So like some people have like a lot of people left Tuesday afternoon and I'm like, just wait, Oh God, <laughs> just wait one more day. I love that. And they're like, no, we're leaving. And like, no one knew what the movie was. It was like, it wasn't a flashy cast. You know, it was, it was Mark and Lizzie, but there was like, you know, Kristen Stewart was there with the movie. There was a lot of people there with like really flashy movies. Yeah. And we were so under the radar. And then that really worked for us. That's so cool. When we sold the movie, it was like we had a bidding war and stuff. And that was all based on like 
there was no expectation. And then all of a sudden that night, everyone was talking about our movie. That is so awesome. Oh my God. So that was amazing. And I'll never have that experience again. And I like love that I got to have that. Um, and then the discovery was very different because we had distribution. We're just premiering it. It was Friday night, Eccles theater, which is massive. Yeah. And, um, and we're there with Redford who started the festival. Oh, this was 2017. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I yeah, drove up. You were there. I, was I there. drove too. So scary. I drive every time. I like driving, but I didn't get snow tires or anything. Or well, the, it, it was a night. The, the weather last year there was the worst yeah, they've ever had. Yeah, snowing the whole time. I went there in Converse. And then oh, I that's and then a I nightmare. and then I got some shoes like immediately I borrowed them from like David and yeah, Toby. Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah, "You're yeah, an yeah. idiot." Yeah, I was like, you "I know." Need something more than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was cool. Well, then so then what's next? Oh, by the way, oh do you know Dave? Uh, you know David. Do you know Alex Ross Perry? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you guys friends or fr- or how do you guys? Uh, are we're friendly? friendly. I mean, he's new. Is he still in New York? He's in New York. Yeah. So uh, you know, we bump into each other. We were we had Sundance's same year. Because I just feel like yeah, he's worked with Elizabeth Moss yeah. a few times, and I feel like you know, for everybody, I don't never met her. I don't know her, but she just everybody loves her, and she always delivers this like she's like a spellcaster. She's just so yeah. like. Uh, she's a really gifted actress. Yeah, so grounded and like and does really cool stuff. Good and, work, good choices. Yeah. yeah, so but yeah, yeah. I just want to throw that out there. No, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It's <laughs> it's cool. like her. I think I like her too. <laughs> no, and, yeah, and Alex actually, she went from the one I love right to Listen Up, Philip. Oh, she did. Yeah, she literally finished that. She flew to New York, did his film. Oh, yeah. Um. So what's next? Um, there's a couple things. Tell us uh, everything. <laughs> there, yeah, there, there's uh, there's one script that we wrote a few years ago that we're kind of casting right now. Um, and then we're writing something which I'm really excited about. Uh, that will be that's based on a book that we're in the middle of the deal of, so I probably can't talk about it. Don't talk about it. But I'm really excited about it. And so uh, it'll be one of those two things will be the next movie. And um, yeah, there, you know, it's, it's for me, it's like, how do I tell, continue to hopefully tell interesting stories that are sort of outside the box and make you think and feel that's, that's my, that's my whole thing is why am I telling this? I, I don't really have, I'd rather wait years and years searching for that or not be a director and do something else if I feel like I'm I don't have a purpose for me as a storyteller. Yeah, you have something to say. Yeah, and especially right now and just this time it's like it, it, you know I'm just not someone who wants to do something for just entertainment. I love that there are people that do that and yeah. I go see those movies, but I just don't want to do that. I want to, you know, even if it fails, you know, the discovery was very kind of split. Um, and, and, and I, I was okay with that because, um, you know, I I swung for something and I wanted to kind of challenge and make people think and hopefully feel and, and, and whether that succeeds every time or not is like, you know, it's up to everyone. It's an individual who watches it. And, and so I'm okay with playing in that space, but it's definitely not like, the easy okay this is like a sort of home run place it's like yeah. you're you're challenging people to feel uncomfortable which mm. a lot of people don't want to do and i was so impressed with that too because i had no idea what the discovery was about and i watched it and i loved it and because i'm i'm so fascinated with like you know the afterlife and what it all means and f- you know f- right. uh, just you know human connection and love and romance completely 
but like, I don't know just what the point of existence is and all this yeah. stuff. And I don't, you know, I don't usually do drugs. I really don't because <laughs> I, you know, I'm, not, I'm currently not drinking for, for a little bit, but, uh, nice. but oh, wait, do you drink very often or no? This will be interesting. I've never had alcohol in my life. You've never had alcohol <laughs> in your life? This will open it up. How do we get to an yeah. hour and like an hour yeah. and a half into the show? Yeah. What? Why? This is fa- amazing. Yeah. This is great. You, you've actually, I was like thinking about maybe <laughs> drinking once a month, but now I'm like, this is what Charlie Miguel's no, up to. I'm the weirdo. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Well, what, why'd you decide to do that? Um, I don't know if I totally know, okay. but my answers. What's the next movie? My answers are, and I think that these are real. Um, one, my my dad is sober, but was an alcoholic, and and you know went through Betty Ford Clinic and all of that. And so I was like, okay, I don't know if I need to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a real fear of not having control of my body. Like I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out, and it terrified me. Like I was so freaked out to go under. Oh, really? So scared. Do they put you out 100%? Uh, they do, don't they? Not in all cases, but in mine, they did. And it was like, it took me years to do. <laughs> like years and years. And I was like in pain. Really? And I was just like, I'm going to fight through it. Did yeah. you have somebody in the room with you? Um, Because I think I did, or I asked my mom. I had to go under for my wisdom teeth being removed, and I actually, as a girl, and as like a dentist, I don't know. I I was just, I've always like been taught as a kid, like always assume the worst, which is probably God. Yeah, I didn't, I never thought had to think of that, but yeah, I had my my ex girlfriend was there, and she in the room, and she came. I think she just came in. She was there when I went under, and she was there when I woke up. Yeah, Um, and then she took me home, and I. And I, you know, I don't drink or do drugs. So she actually found it very amusing because I was on this medication. <gasps> yeah. And I started to, this was such a weird thing. Oh, and boy. there's a video of it somewhere. There's a video. <laughs> I started to just start listing high-end fashion designers, just listing them. And I have no idea why. And I couldn't even do it now if I tried. I don't even know the name. <gasps> But I was like Givenchy, like pro, you know, I was just like listing all of these things. And You're doing it. <laughs> no, but it stops there. But in the video, it was like 30 seconds, and she's just laughing, and like I don't know where that came from. So that was my like weird, <laughs> funny experience from it. Um, but anyway, so I have a fear of that, and then I find drunk people, like drunk, drunk people really obnoxious and boring yeah and i find people on drugs to be really just sort of boring yeah i don't know and and i never felt peer pressure i don't know why i just didn't like if anyone was like do this and i was like no i still felt like the same like i didn't if i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it you know oh my god you and were i don't know well. why you I were felt ra- that. this is a testament to your upbringing your parents you i was the, lucky the, yeah. so do you believe that like are you religious at all I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but no, I wasn't raised with religion. Well, I mean, okay, so spiritual, what does that mean? Well, spiritual in that, like, I believe in, you know, a sort of, uh, I believe in karma. I believe in there's there's something bigger that's going on that's beyond us yeah. grounded in this space. I wouldn't say it's God or like the, you know, that it's a specific looking person or something, you know, but, um, and also like, I like that I've been exposed to like different parts of religion. And I think that there is interesting elements to many of them, but like the idea that I have to believe in something 
that was set up so many years ago that's like we're in an age where there's like going to be robots walking around the planet. <laughs> like it, it's just a different time. Yeah. And so like we have to adapt as humans in science and in love and all of these things that, oh you know, goodness. and we have to adapt to that. And, and I think religion does too. And, and we see it, you know, in politics and all that. So I, I don't have just one specific belief, but like, I, you know, I, I think that there are, there's more to uh, the world than just us walking around. Well, do you subscribe to like Jim? I feel like I subscribe to like Jim Carrey's idea of like uh, yeah. of like we're souls and we inhabit. It's not a mistake that we inhabit. Like we're born to the parents that we're born to, yeah. and then you know, yeah, yeah. I don't. And- yeah, and just that there's like things that you can't explain that are beyond our sort of un, our, our consciousness. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe in all that stuff, but um, but yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and so I just didn't, and then I went through high school and I was like surfing a lot and I was like, I don't need to drink or do, you know, I was yeah. like, and then, uh, and then I went to college and I was like, I want, I just want to do film. I only care about film. Oh my God. So and then, laser sharp focus. And then, and then you hit a certain age and it's like, I don't need this now. Yeah. I've come this far. And That's, I never did. I think it's always like, it's like a mask for insecurity. Or it's a mask yeah. for, for fear I mean, look, or overcoming. Look, I take it to the extreme, which yeah. is too far, okay. and I know that. Okay, but is, is this ever? Yeah, but it, it's so I could drink and be fine, and I know that, and but I just don't. I just don't feel the need to. That's so great. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to ask before we wrap this up, land this plane, finally. Oh. Um, oh, when you say like things are changing, like like science and with dating and we need to adapt and all this stuff. Yes, I guess that's true. But I just get so heartbroken by VR and augmented yeah. reality because I, I don't feel like we do have to adapt to that. Like, I feel like, listen, I'm living my life. I'm in this world where, you know, I'm presented with like, you know, virtual reality, VR porn exists and like dating apps and all these things. But I also have the ability to make choices. Now I probably because I'm a woman, maybe this is a horrible thing to say, but because I'm a woman, I maybe I have I have the tendency to want to not be into porn or dating apps and be more romantic and dreamy, but I like to right. be, or and I'm not into and I believe in monogamy like I really yeah. do. Like I feel like everybody I know is in an open relationship and then I'm like this like old-timey wrong outdated pers- mentality kind of person and I'm like people are like oh that's cuz you're a you're an outdated, it's a, it's a woman's mentality, but I'd like to believe if I think this way, men think this way too. And that you can choose, like you don't have to go, well, VR porn exists or porn exists, or we have to do this now. Like this is what we do yeah, now. Like, I, I don't think, look, it, it's, it's what we decide to do with yeah, ourselves you, you and people and are an individual. I, I just think the more that we're exposed, like for dating's app, dating apps, for yeah. instance, is it's Ugh, like, I, we're just getting... Now it's just becoming these like things that you sort of just hit and swipe. And it's like, I don't know these people. They're giving me pictures and a song or the little that, you know, but it's like, do I view that way of dating and the way into that differently than if I met this person on the street? Probably. I do. You know, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But then at the same time, I will say that, and what's kind of funny about Raya is like, Right away, I can sort of be myself in the way that I communicate. Whereas, like, the majority of people on that are like insanely attractive women. Yeah. And, like, there's no way in hell I would ever talk to them, like, at a bar. Really? 
No way. How come? Because it's too At scary. At a bar or something? No. They'd be like, you excuse me. Because I wouldn't like. There's even, yeah. There's no way in that's like that wouldn't be cheesy. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't talk to me. No. Yeah. Okay. I think so. And so I, I've definitely, I, I will say I've, I've sort of gone on dates with or been with like people that are way more attractive than I've ever sort of been with in my life because of oh this app, God. which is horrible, okay. but it's true. Charlie, you only oh. date, we're not going to say, you, we, you only date from the dating history I could see when I was doing my copious well, yeah, research. Wait, oh, wait, 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 yeah, okay. on online, you only date beautiful, strong, talented women Probably because, you know, and you, you know, your mom is beautiful, Raised talented, strong, yeah. and incredible. Yeah. Okay. You're Raya or no Raya. You're, you're doing fine. You, oh, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> I, I'm not complaining, <laughs> oh, but, but I'm saying it's yeah. a different, it is such a different way of dating. Because they're all like Victoria's Secret and, models. And I too. wasn't, well, no, but it's just also like, it's sort of like lazy candy. You know, it's like eating candy yeah, in like a lazy way. I don't way. like that. And I don't like, I think yeah. it, it makes people, la- it makes men lazy. Like it men, does. men should have to go like, I I can't let her leave. I need yeah, to like, yeah, yeah. I need to get her number. And now it's just like, and now the men don't even message first. Either. It's like, and then no, I know. Are, Trust me. I'm a, so I'm a romantic. I, in the past, I've like raced to an airport to like run and like yes! get someone before she goes on a plane. Like yes! I've done all that. Trust me. I've been there, but it, it is a, and, and that is my instinct. But I hope that like this sort of new age way of dating doesn't just make us lazy. lazy don't emotion. lose that instinct. Oh my goodness, <sighs> Jesus Christ! Wait, and by the way, and then what does a date look like? So you, you like you do you message first? Yeah, you message first. Yeah, take me through. What does a date with Charlie McDowell look like? And then we're done. Then well, we're out of here. Um. Well, I don't. I don't drink, which I said. So if it's like, let's get a drink. I'm just, it, that's really boring for me. Yeah. Or I'll say, look, I don't drink. So like I'll have, like I'll drink sparkling water or tea or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, um, I try to see like if it's going to be, you know, who the person is of like, let's go. I, I really like to go for walks. That's, yeah. So I'm like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Are you asking me? Cause I'm in. <laughs> sure. I'd love to go for a walk with <laughs> well, you. This is good. Um, but you know, and then if someone like thinks that that's stupid or weird, then I'm probably like, I, I probably am not going to have a, a great interaction with you because it's like, let's just do something different and you know, weird. And like, let's shake it up. And like, no one walks in LA. Whereas like New York is fun because like people are just like, let's meet here and then we'll experience something and go here. And yeah. like, and that's that's great and fun, but that I don't know. It's that, or it's just like dinner or coffee or something, which yeah. is less exciting to me. So it's dinner, coffee, a walk, and yeah. then you meet up. Yeah, and that's what it is. And then and you that, just see if you vibe. Just, and then yeah, whatever happens happens there. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> that is a Charlie McDowell exclusive. Oh, uh, never again will we will he be wrung dry the way he's <laughs> the way he has been. And today. I really never talked about dating before in my life. Are you gonna publicly. Are you gonna text me and be like, "Hey, can you just delete all that because you no, can?" If no, no, I don't care. I you think can, you're, you're, you can put any. I, I didn't say anything that I that yeah. I would regret. I feel like Aristotle. Do you feel like he was pretty cool and eloquent and graceful? Aristotle I got just the thumbs up. Got a thumbs Sweet. up, baby. Okay, Perfect. so you got your your new project you're working on. Yeah, you're gonna. I that- just I just shot an episode of the show Legion that oh, wow. Noah Hawley does um, for FX, and it's awesome and cool and crazy and weird. Awesome, cool, yeah, crazy. 
Yeah, it's like a lot of spe- like insane amounts of special effects. And oh, like, it'll Legion be, yeah. on what? On FX. FX. Right. It's like Dan Stevens, Aubrey Plaza, Rachel yeah. Kelly. It's a cool cast. Oh my God. Yeah. So you're living your life, you're doing stuff. Uh, <sighs> where are you off to right now? Immediately. Uh, um, I'm going. I, I, no, no. I, I have a group of the, the guys I was telling about, my besties. My best friends. Your besties. And we go see um, a, a bad movie a week. You can't even say what that is because then you're on the record saying what's a yeah, bad movie. Yeah, so I yeah, so but, protective or of you. at least or just we go see like big dumb action movies. Okay, and so we're gonna go do that. ArcLight. No, because I've been doing Movie Pass. What's that? You don't know what Movie Pass. Is? Tell the people while I look at my spouse. Okay, you really are doing like a full makeover thing right now. I'm putting on chapstick. Okay, but you pulled out. You pulled out. It's a just a compact. Don't. Right. Oh, oh, it's called. This is called glam shaming. Have you heard? Oh of this? my god! <laughs> no, no, no. Yesterday I watched The Bachelor and there was this dumb, ridiculous. Oh, I dumb, saw that. I actually and I posted so, it on my Insta story where the girl's like, "Uh, were you like making fun of me for brushing my hair?" That's like, they have slut shaming and body shaming. That's like glam, glam shaming. shaming. I <laughs> saw that. I'm watching The Bachelor for the first time in my life How this ridiculous. season. What do you think about it? It's so, Embarrassing. it's so ridiculous. It's so, and of all the times, it's always been horrible and ridiculous and disgusting. But now in the cultural, now the, really the climate, is. it's like, anyway. I don't know how long I'll last, but anyway. So we're going to see, we're going to go see a bad movie. Or a fun, you know, whatever movie. Well, what's, what's but bad? I saw, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I saw Paddington 2. Um, I don't even know what that is. And I don't know what class passes or hall passes or movie passes. Oh my What's God. Paddington 2? So much to learn. You're going to have to come two back. Paddington 2 is the <laughs> highest rated movie of like ever. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 100%? It's, padding, it's the Paddington Bear. I cried my eyes out at the end. What? It's amazing. God damn it. Well, don't ruin the ending for me. I, then I, well, now I feel I have to be crying. I didn't say what happened. Uh, just... Apparently it's sad enough to cry. Um, <laughs> or happy. Or happy or feel moved. Well, uh, yeah. Um, so movie pass, I guess it's, it, it, it's you, you it pay is, $10 a month and you can go see unlimited movies. Okay. Well, it's probably it's like it's Netflix. It's exactly what I thought. Movies. Gotcha. All right. It. Listen, don't, don't tell me what to do. He knows. Yeah, you guys, he you does guys it. Know. I bet oh he, my God. He's yeah. got a movie pass right there on Look his credit this. card. I can't believe it. Wow. It's like you guys are both taking out your privates. Look it's disgusting. <laughs> Dude, you can come to this movie oh if you want. Oh my God. Anyway. Well, um, Thank you for uh, exposing yourself. Thanks being for so having me. Honest, my podcast. Thank you. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh man. Now leaving nerdist.com. Nerdist.